As we move from ski season to spring, it's time to get those mountain bikes out. Most ski families use season passes to make skiing more affordable and fun. If your family mountain bikes, there's a new way to save on those adventures too. Make the most of spring and summer in the mountains with Lone Pass, the premier North American mountain biking pass. Lone Pass gives you over 60 days of access to some of the best mountain biking destinations across the country. Use discount code SKIMOMS15 to save 15% off your family's Lone Pass today at LonePass.com. That's L-O-A-M-P-A-S-S dot com. Lone Pass is available in two versions, for kids ages 6 to 11 and the adult pass for ages 12 and up. The pass combines access to the most premier resorts, gets you into bike parks, and connects you to shuttle companies to get you where you need to be. It's the one pass you need to bring the best cycling to your family. Remember, you'll get two days at each of the resorts, parks, or shuttles, making the investment one that will pay off big. Remember to use code SKIMOMS15 to save 15% off your family's loan pass today. Welcome to the Ski Moms Fun Podcast. We're your hosts, Nicole and Sarah. Ski Moms Fun Podcast is brought to you by Hotronic Heated Socks. Stay warm this winter with Hotronic Heated Socks. They are designed to create comfort and warmth for active feet. And these Ski Moms absolutely love them. For this week's episode, Nicole and Sarah head to the World Cup ski races at Killington, Vermont. The Women's World Cup GS race was unfortunately canceled due to weather, but we saw all the action of the slalom race. Let's check it out. Okay, heading up to the car. So excited. It's been warming up for a bit, defrosting, since it's about 10 degrees out. And beautiful, clear skies, no wind, perfect day for a ski race. So we're just going to pull out and head up to the mountain and can't wait to get there. Let's go. So just wanted to go through what I'm wearing to keep warm as I'm standing out. It'll probably be about 10 degrees up there, maybe colder. I get really cold feet, so Hotronics heated socks are incredible, and I wear them all the time, not just skiing. Um, My whole family has them. We love them, and they make a huge difference. Uh, Good mittens with some hand warmers in those. Um, Also keep my hands from getting cold. Okay, we're in the village here, and the crowds are starting to move over to the uh, race course, and you can hear so I'm just going to talk to some of the young ski racers in the crowd here to get their opinions. So, hi, uh, thanks for talking to me today. Who are you rooting for to win today's slalom race? Definitely Petrolova. I think she's going to win. She's won all the slalom races this year. And, yeah, she's an amazing skier. She's your favorite? Yeah. Do you know uh, when she's running? She's running first. That's awesome. So and she get... ran first yesterday. So she got pretty lucky with the bib draw, I guess. Yeah. That's how they choose the order for the first 15 racers, right? Yep. Awesome. Well, thanks for talking. Thanks. So we're walking through village now. 
and there's all sorts of booths here. You can buy everything from caps to ski gear, lots of free samples, and very exciting. Okay, just taking a quick look at today's start list for the slalom race, 63 women starting from 18 different countries. And there are seven women from the U.S., Michaela Schifrin, Paula Motzen, Nina O'Brien, Katie Henson, A.J. Hurt, Zoe Zimmerman, and Allie Resnick. Good luck to all of them. Who's brought stripes and bright stars through the perilous So a few other things I'll point out as I'm coming up to the race hill. There's orange netting, two rows down each side. That's called bee netting. I do not know where that term comes from, but that is put up to protect the athletes from going into the woods if they were to crash, misstep, and, and ski out of the course. That protects them. They, they go into that netting. And I see them in, in groups, two or three athletes with their coaches, and they're inspecting the course now, which is where they which is where they look at the course, talk about the different uh, aspects of it, how they're going to approach things. And uh, and then usually at the bottom, you'll see some of them with their eyes closed, visualizing themselves. They actually can memorize the entire course, which is a phenomenal feat, if you ask me. Okay, the, the forerunners are on the course. It's really, really steep. Yeah, I can, I can imagine, like slipping down that like a side slip but no and Sarah and I were just talking about our favorite skiers now you were just talking about Tessa Worley yeah she was in first place yesterday before the race was canceled she's so sweet she's a French ski racer and how tell me about like when you saw her once oh we met her and she's like the tiniest little thing you would never know she's a one of the best ski racers in the world she just was a sweet little woman she had a little cardigan and it was very unassuming you would really not know it was her unless you knew who you were looking for and number here's another forerunner and she'll be coming down from it's a lot of pressure to be a forerunner look up the hill we have a forerunner coming down forerunners are junior racers who are checking out the course checking out the uh, uh, the slalom and the snow. Get a little hairy there. And the forerunners. And then after the forerunners, really after each racer, you'll see a whole slip curve come down. And they slip the course to make sure that everything stays perfect, that no ruts or anything. For them to forerun a World Cup course. All right, so we Happy see Michaela. Michaela's coming down second. Second? Okay. That's a little bit first. We'll get some sound um, when Michaela is in the starting gate. It's pretty crazy. The 31-year-old veteran of the Italian team. Here she goes on course. I love watching the Italian ski. It's a very different style than, uh, say, the, the Swiss. 
and she is just going for it. Michaela sitting in second. We have another American girl, Paula Malton, in sixth. And we got two in the top ten, which is pretty awesome. After a very exciting series of first runs, Michaela Schifrin was sitting in second place, and it was time for the second run. And, spoiler alert, Michaela won it all. After a short break, we'll be back to recap all of this exciting action. Thank you so much to our sponsor, Hotronics. Your heated socks kept our feet warm all day, standing in the snow at the World Cup. They're amazing for a day of skiing. The socks are so comfortable. They have compression, keep your whole foot warm. I love how you can control the temperature up or down with the Bluetooth app on your phone. They come in sizes extra small to extra large. And I have used other heated socks and these are by far the most comfortable. The compression is awesome. They fit in your ski boot and just feel wonderful all day, really keeping you warm. You can find Hotronics heat socks at your favorite local ski shop. Let's take a quick break. Spring is here, and we know even after the snow melts, ski moms love to play outside. Skeeda, our favorite Vermont outdoor accessory brand, has you covered as the seasons change. This spring, Skeeda is celebrating its 16th birthday with fresh prints like the Pastel, Whimsical, and Plein Air collection. Our favorite pieces include the throwback headbands. This headband is made to keep hair and sweat off your face. The single-ply design gathers neatly in the back for maximum styling. Wear it scrunched or lay it flat. It's your perfect partner for any activity where you want a great pop of color and style with minimal fuss. For sunny days, we adore the Skeeda Brim Hat. This five-panel camp hat is the perfect grab-and-go companion. Made in a lightweight, water-repellent material, this hat is ideal for hiking, camping, and the beach. Whether you are cheering the kids on at a lacrosse game, exploring with your girlfriends, or simply walking in the woods with your loyal pub, Skeeda accessories are there to make Ski Mom life more fun. Save 15% off your order with code SKIMOMS15 at checkout. And now back to our show. Sarah got me into this. How many years have you been? Oh, every year that they've had it. So I think this was the fifth year. We've gone every year. It's so much fun. What is it? And why did you take your little nuggets the first time? That was six years ago. World Cup Killington is two days. Uh, women's uh, racing. The first day is giant slalom. The second day is slalom. But it's the best uh, female ski racers in the world. And it's so much fun for the kids and for us to get to see these phenomenal female athletes. I will say I've been to a lot of professional sporting events, NBA games. I saw Michael Jordan play many baseball games, football games. It is the most exciting sporting event that I have attended. I've been also, this might surprise you, Sarah. I've been to Indy 500. (laughs) That does surprise me. I thought you were going to say Super Bowl, but. But so even for speed events like that, this is definitely the most exciting sporting event that. I have gotten the the chance to attend. 
and probably one of the most family friendly. You don't see like hockey brawls happening at the World Cup races, especially Women's World Cup. Uh, So this was one of the earliest events in the World Cup series. So World Cup is like, let's put it in Major League Baseball terms. It's like the regular season of Major League Baseball. So these are their day-to-day races. And then they have championships at the end of the year, which would be like the the World Series. And uh, the crowd is, you know, just ski racing fans and and people that love skiing and love to watch skiing. I think, you know, there's a lot of kids there that are just looking up and admiring these amazing athletes and U.S. ski team members you'll see walking around at the events. And there was a lot of ski teams, ski racing teams there. Um, and I love seeing like all the little boys cheering on the the women athletes and that they had a favorite racer. It was just, it gave me hope for humanity. And also I will say Petra Flo- Vlova, she has crazy fans. I mean, they were all in the, her jerseys. They always have a section, a, a cheering crowd, lots and lots of cowbells, lots of fun music, lots of cowbells. You walk in, you have to, you have your bags checked, you walk in and what would you see as you're kind of coming in? Oh yeah, then there's this kind this village set up with all different shops, vendors, uh, companies that are some schools were there, um, Killington Mountain School, Green Mountain Valley School, uh, giving out swag. Uh, and then there was a huge stage. Different bands were playing between runs and then afterwards. So there was definitely a big group of people I think that were there even just to see the bands more than. All the G Love fans were out in <laughs> full force. Hats off to Killington. They did an amazing job with it. I did feel safe, and you did need to buy tickets in advance. So, normally, we would expect about 15,000 spectators a day. They did try to cut that back to 7,500. And they also just do a great job with volunteers. So they had volunteers checking bags, checking tickets, checking the COVID cards, and then passing out face decals. So there's, you could get the Killington or a U.S. flag. And so many people were wearing the fun face decals on their cheeks. The, these races were uh, giant slalom and slalom, but there's also something called Super G, which is super giant slalom. Uh, downhill, super combined, and parallel, which is really fun to watch. Parallel is uh, head-to-head where they uh, two racers go down at once, and that's a newer event uh, that's really fun to watch. But all of those different athletes, there are some athletes that com- compete in numerous categories, and there's some that only compete in one. So when the giant slalom race was canceled due to wind and visibility on Saturday, there were some racers that that were done because that was the only, they were not, they don't ski slalom. Sarah, explain what GS versus slalom is for those people who are not ski racers. But the biggest difference, so GS stands for giant slalom. When the athletes are, uh, so all of this is highly regulated, how far away the gates are, the distance between the gates, the distance from the top to the bottom of the course, all of these things have like tremendous specs and requirements are around it. Giant slalom uh, has to be, is on larger skis and those are also regulated, right? How, how, how small they, they can be. 
um, and how many gates there are, that kind of thing. Uh, so giant slalom, the slalom, I think, is much more interesting to watch. The gates are closer together, smaller skis. They wear shin guards and have guards on their poles where they're holding on to them, and they almost ski through the gates. They both shin them and and make contact with their um, with their pole guards. And I would say it seems like the courses can be set much, it can be more complicated. To use your term, sometimes diabolical sets, you know, when you look at that course and it looks like a drunken elf put it together and slalom has, it's like a beautiful dance when it's done well, it gets this rhythm and that you hear this like snapping of the gates. And um, when it's done like the professionals, it is really, really beautiful. Um, professionals, this is not Nicole and Sarah, professionals can hit speeds <laughs> of up to 50 miles an hour in GS and 40 miles an hour in slalom. Okay. So in the slalom, you hear uh, the, the beeps and then they're, they're off um, and they are timed down to the hundredths of a second, thousands, hundredths of a second. Hundreds. So 63 racers started the race Mm-hmm. I only think there were only a couple who crashed and they were not, they were not hurt. They were fine. Uh, they would call that a DNF in, in ski racing and they record the times. Um, you know, we could see them flying over the the hill after the first, say a third of the race was over. And then you, you got to cheer them in with your cowbells at the end. And, and apparently the racers can hear you as they approach the uh, finish line. Yeah. Another really interesting thing on the timing is They have not just a timer at the very bottom, but they have timers throughout the course. So you can actually see this racer is, it'll be green if they're, if they're ahead, if they're first, how far they're ahead in different segments of the course or where they fall behind. You could see that a ski racer might be winning, might be green for the first segment, but then go into the red, you know, late, later on in the course. Um, After the first run, after the 63 athletes completed or DNF'd their first run, what happens? Then the racers that finish one through 30 get a second run. The rest of them, their day's over. And they come out in the crowd and take pictures with the kids. <laughs> yeah, and as Doug Lewis said, they don't even get free lunch for all of that effort. 30 women get to do a second run and even get the opportunity to win World Cup points and cash, which are the the two kind of prizes from the event. So the top 30 get to have a second run. And what they do, stick with us here, non-ski racers, they flip the 30. So if you finished 30th on your first run, you're going to start the second run first out of the gate. And there is some real benefits to starting first out of the gate because the course will be smoother. With only 30 racers, it won't get completely rutted up. Right. And there were a lot of course maintenance. There were people that were working on the course, just slipping it over and over to keep it in pristine condition. So it didn't get rutted like you might see at a child's race. And it's pretty fast. Um, I will say the second run started at 1245. And I think those top 30, it was definitely done within sort of 40 minutes. Um, they, they kind of gave a minute per per athlete. The The first let's say 15 athletes to come down. No, they really don't have a shot at the podium, but they're looking to increase their World Cup points. They're looking for a good run to increase their standing. There was one girl who started 
62nd, 61st, who ended up in the top 20 was amazing. So that is a really big day for her. But the real excitement begins when the top 15 start flying down the mountain. And then you'll see they have a a leader's chair uh, set up. So when you take the lead, you get to sit in this little heated chair um, and watch the other racers come in. And then we were down to the last four and it gets really exciting um, to see because they add the two times up. So your first time is added to your second time. So it's sort of a cumulative winner. Um, Wendy Holdner came down, had a great run, but then Michaela Schifrin came down. And can you describe sort of what happens when Michaela's in the gates in the crowd? Oh, yeah. I mean, people are just the whole crowd is just vibrating. The the the, the whole crowd is is going crazy. You can you can feel the the bleachers we were sitting in were moving, right? Moving right under us. And people just go insane. Just so so the first run, she was behind Petrolova by 0.2 seconds. So she had to not only beat, you know, have a really good second run, but she had to make up that 0.2 seconds, right? In order to to win the you know, win as well. It was it was definitely a nail biter, right? So when you look at the results, the difference between first place third place is only 0.83 seconds and that's over two runs. So if you just think about that, that's not even just in one, you know, one run, that's the combined difference between first and third place over two runs. That's, that's not even you a an sip idea. of your, your coffee that takes that little <laughs> bit of time when she finished. I mean, she just had a, such a precise, gorgeous, crisp, powerful second run. It was so exciting just to see her attack the bottom of that course. And she is just such a competitor. You could tell she wanted the W um, on this and she, you know, she crosses the line and the, just the crowd just erupts and she throws her hands up in the air and she really just thanks the crowd. She's so, such a generous athlete. And then we had the, um, the leader uh, Petra to come down and, um, for the final racer. And she had a little bobble at the top. And that was really, that, that was her sip of coffee. You know, that was the difference Mm -hmm. between, uh, I looked this up. So Michaela won $45,000 for first and Petra won $20,000 for second. So her sip of coffee cost her $25,000. The U S had another top 10 finish, which was super exciting. Um, Paula Maltzen, who I love cheering on. Um, she's a West coast racer. She finished seven. So a top 10 run is really amazing for an American athlete. I looked this up as well. So for seventh place, she got a $3,000 check, which, you know, when you factor in, she has to bring herself, her coach, all of her gear, you know, it's probably four nights stay at Killington. I don't know if they let the athletes stay for free, but gets chipped away mighty rapidly. If you look at the actual results from this race, so there was a 18-year-old Swedish woman named Hannah Elfman, and this is who you're referring to. She started in 60th place, and a lot of people even stopped watching after the top 30, but they definitely made a mistake not sticking around to watch because she then finished the first run in 28th place. So qualified for a second run. Her second run was a second place run. The only person faster than her was Michaela Schifrin. That's amazing. So she um, won't be racing in 60th 
for long. She'll be starting right. you know, much, much uh, right. closer to, to the top. There's a lot of details. And I will say, I never ski raced. You know, I, st- I still watch my kids mm-hmm. with total amazement that they do this. And I have a blast watching it. So don't think you need to be steeped in ski knowledge to have fun at this event. Um, you know, you can have a great time just watching the crowds and watching the, these amazing female athletes. Mm-hmm. You don't need to be a pro, you know, looking at their angles and where their hand placements are. Great if you, you know, know all that, but don't think you need to be a ski racing or even a ski racing family. Just if you love winter sports, it's an amazing event for everybody. And I know we get a lot of feedback from our uh, listeners about price consciousness and budget-friendly ways to do skiing. And I wanted to highlight about the Killington World Cup that it is very affordable for families. In years past, non-COVID times, it's free general admission and you don't need an icon pass to go. Uh, You just go. Uh, This year, you did need a general admission ticket, which was $5. So $10 for the weekend, five for one day, super affordable. And what are some other ways sort of families could make this an affordable weekend, Sarah? Yeah, well, a lot of people just drove from wherever they lived. So they uh, they didn't have hotel to pay for. And then you could bring a bag in with drinks and food if you didn't want to pay for concessions while you were there swag they were shooting t-shirts right into the crowd and and there was free entertainment i can't think of any other world class events like this that would be free so it's it's really a unique opportunities opportunity for families to see a winter sport and uh, not have to spend a bundle yeah parking was free and they had free shuttles running from the satellite parking lots i will say for families you want to dress as if you're skiing because you will be outdoors for the majority of this event. I was 100% layered. We did see plenty of people there. We brought a blanket. People brought things to sit on because the the stadium seating was uh, was metal, so it was a little chilly. And then I brought my um, my magic Zojirushi thermos. It's this Japanese thermos, and it keeps water basically at boiling temperature for 24 hours. That thing was worth every penny I paid for it. Anything else that you brought that is worth mentioning? No, that that was the same sunglasses uh, because it did get a little sunny from time to time. And there were plenty of, there was a big tent set up that that we could go in to warm up that also had food. Uh, And then obviously the whole, the whole lodge was open. You you want to bundle up, but I, I felt like there was ample time and space inside to warm up as needed. And now some ski mom fun facts. So we mentioned that we wanted to look into where the cowbell tradition came from that you hear at these World Cup races. A lot of uh, vendors and uh, organizations were giving out branded cowbells and people brought their own and you could really hear them throughout the grounds uh, during the World Cup, everyone using them to cheer on their favorite ski racer. And what I found was that it It's a tradition that came out of Switzerland in the early 1900s when ski racing began. A lot of the ski racers were also farmers, and their cows and sheep don't wear bells in the winter. So they would grab a bell from their barn and use them to cheer on their friends in races. Wanted to share some interesting background facts about this weekend's 
Women's World Cup races in Killington. So this is the fifth year that the event will be held in Killington. Uh, it's going to be broadcast live in more than 60 countries. Event is supported by over 300 volunteers. To get the Superstar Trail ready takes over 100 hours of snowmaking and more than 15 million gallons of water. And the Superstar Trail itself has a vertical drop of 1,200 feet and a pitch of 30 to 50 degrees. Thank you so much for listening to the Ski Moms Fun Podcast. Please be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Head to the SkiMomsFun.com website to check out our swag and find out more about our community. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at SkiMomsFun. We'll be back next week with more interviews and insights. Thanks, Snow. No one works as hard as a ski mom. With Mother's Day right around the corner, we want to remind everyone to shop the Ski Moms gift guide for the best ideas. These are the gifts we want to give and get for Mother's Day. Prices range from under $10 for simple treats like notepads to big splurges like a new boot bag. Remember, the big day is Sunday, May 12th, so you want to shop now to make sure everything gets there in time for mom. Visit the SkiMomsFun.com gift guides page or click the link in show notes to see our picks for this year. Make it easy for your kids, partner, or spouse and just forward them the link. Or better yet, treat yourself to something from our expertly curated Ski Mom wish list. Remember, visit SkiMomsFun.com and look for the gift guide page. Mm-hmm.